0: Let me tell you about the show's newest sponsor, Juniper Mountain Coffee. You can check them out at junipermountaintradingpost.com and check out everything that they sell. I really like what they say on their website. And guys, if you are a coffee connoisseur like me, this here American company that's not run by a bunch of wokesters might be worth checking out for you. What they say is, we roast coffee for those loyal to a lost way of life. Those that never back down in the face of adversity. The ones that keep their word, treat people with respect, and still believe in the importance of hard work. We offer some of the best coffee in the world and look forward to earning a spot in your cup. And they have definitely earned a spot in my cup. Whether you like light roast, dark roast, ground already, or not ground, you just want to order it fresh. And they even have those little pod things for those of you that just make one cup at a time. I drink too much coffee for that, so I don't do that. And they also have a cold brew. But it's a great company, great story. Uh, You guys are going to dig these guys. Check them out at junipermountaintradingpost.com. Let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. This is that time of year when it's really time to turn up the heat on your scouting. We're going through summer season. going to be here before you know it. And I don't care if you're going after mule deer, whitetail, the mighty whoppity, whatever it is. Scouting is imperative, and it makes it much easier when you use trail cameras where they are allowed. And uh, let me tell you something. I, I like trail cameras that are easy to use, functional, and have good quality pictures. That brings us to SpyPoint. Spy Point trail cameras. You can check them out at spypoint.com. And it doesn't matter if you're looking to do one of the cell cams like the Flex X or the Flex G36 or the LM2. They have some great deals on their website like right now if you check them out. They've got some clearance cameras going on on the cell cams. You can also get a cell link that attaches to any regular cell camera and will uh, transmit pictures right to your phone. The other trail cameras, if you're way out in the back country and don't have phone service out there, the Force Pro S and the Force Pro are my go-to cameras. I absolutely love them. If you guys saw the pictures from this last bear season, they were really high-quality pictures, and they were all done with that Force Pro camera. So check it out, guys! At SpyPoint.com, and let them know the Western Huntsman sent ya. There exists a threat Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Times Studio and brought to you by Eastman's Hunting Journals. Welcome to the uh, the first show of 2024. I haven't recorded in like three weeks. I feel like I'm just uh, full of rust, but we're going to knock it off tonight. So um, with me tonight, I've got my old pal, Guy DuPlanchier. How you doing, up, brother?
1: brother? I'm good, man. How you been?
0: not too shabby not Happy too shabby new year. I'm
1: honored that we get to drop the new year number 1 episode for you man yeah, I didn't man. expect that that's pretty pretty BA
0: Well I had I had I had another one uh, kind of lined up to to kick off the new year and and it got canceled so uh here we are now now uh, we, you're on deck you and I've got Efren Gonzalez from Colorado Springs is that right
2: That's right
0: I said your name right too right man Yeah you got it Sweet and we have Jeffrey Duvall, also from Colorado Springs. So we've got say, what's up, man? What up? All right, we can hear everybody pretty good, and um, I appreciate you guys joining me. This is this should be a lot of fun. I uh, it's actually going to be a topic that I don't know a ton about, and I know guys had a lot of uh, he's been involved with this for for you know some time and and whatnot, and so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. But I want to get. Uh, Everybody to just kind of chime in a couple of, spend a couple of minutes telling us a little bit about you guy. Let's start with you. Um, do
1: I need an introduction on this podcast? Probably, I probably not. I pissed off enough listeners to laugh a lifetime. <laughs> I got, I did get some hate mail uh,
0: <laughs> the last time I had you on the show, man. But I, I, I get hate that's mail awesome. with every episode. So whatever, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. I mean, if you're not, if you're not getting a little bit of hate when you're discussing some of the stuff that yep. we discussed, then we're probably not pushing buttons enough. Um, yeah. And it's healthy for us, especially in our demographic, in my opinion, to have some difficult conversations and, and stuff that gets people, you know, leaning to the side. It doesn't make us any less in the terms of brethren, but I think difficult, yeah. you know, air quote, difficult conversations in our demographic are absolutely necessary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um you know, it's like that quote. What what's that quote? If if everybody in the room agrees. Yes, Somebody's sir. not telling the truth, or, or whatever right. that is, and and that's I, I right. think that that's that's a lot of you know that that is very derivative of those conversations we were having. So, uh, I've got some good spicy ones coming up on on some of those topics too. So, um, so uh, yeah, so everybody listening, guy, if you don't know who he is, if you've never listened to my show and haven't listened to Western Contours, he is the host of the Western Contours podcast. Uh, Big time Western hunter, family man, uh, just great. Dude, all around, the only complaint I have is his last name's really hard to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. <Appreciate> you, man, <laughs> uh but Efron, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, um, so I grew up hunting. I uh, i'm currently living out here in Colorado Springs, relocated in 2020. Um up until 2018, I was just that, just out hunting with the family and whatnot, raising my kids outdoors, and uh decided to open a clothing line in the outdoor industry big kind of tinkering with that a little bit um but yeah i mean i'm outdoorsman same as guy family man Uh, i don't know if i'm as good as good of a guy as guy is but
1: don't let him talk himself down
2: we're working at it
0: (laughs) (laughs) top top notch bro not appreciate it. Guy, guy does not set a very high bar, so I mean, we're <laughs> nah, you, <you're> friends,
3: <laughs> so basically, you're a piece of shit. <laughs>
0: uh, Efren. What, like, what, what do you mean you started a clothing store? What tell me a little bit about that?
2: Uh, more of a, cl- a clothing line. Um, you can see my logo and out behind me. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, I just wanted, I kind of wanted um, something I can, I can, I can stay more relevant, I guess, and keep my kids and bring other kids and other people into the industry. Um, So I started this little clothing brand and I gave it a shot, bought a bunch of cheap stuff up front, put some logos on it, went to a 3D tournament in Phoenix and basically sold everything out. And it kind of like, turn the light bulb on like, damn, maybe I really got something here. So I started messing around with a little more, a little more designs, better clothing, better hats. Um, And now um, we are, we're in shields. We've been in a few smaller mom and pop shops.
0: You're talking about Uh, pack them out apparel. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Oh, sweet man. Now you're in, you're in shields and what?
2: And we've done a little like mom and pop shops, things like that. Uh, we do, we've done like cowboy Christmas in Vegas. We do all the shows. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Heck yeah. He's downplaying it too, in terms of the involvement with the family. And that was one of the things that when Ian, I first started talking three, four years ago, the level of commitment that the entire family has to the outdoors, the outdoor space to pack them out apparel, I mean, really is, is really second to none. In my opinion, man, when you see his kids involvement and, uh, Feli fell, that's his wife, hi Felicia, um, and her involvement in it, man, he's, he's, he's taken a, a high road of humility, um, that he shouldn't be taken in my opinion. So
0: wheat. Well, I just, I just jumped on the website here, out dot com, And, yeah. uh, I, 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 am like embarrassed. I didn't know that that was you that started that apparel line. Cause I, I, I do know about it. So sorry about yeah. that, man. That's good to hear. <laughs> I hope Guy warned you that I'm not the sharpest uh, knife in the drawer. Before- he used the yeah. word
2: hillbilly a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hillbilly. Hillbilly's right.
0: Hillbilly's not, it's not inaccurate for sure. <laughs> All right. Jeffrey Duvall, you're on deck. Do you go by, uh, do you go by Jeff or Jeffrey?
3: Uh, either or. Okay. Yeah. Usually, usually Jeff, but.
0: Usually Jeff. Or. All right. Jeff yeah. Duvall.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm the hillbilly of the group. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I've uh,
3: Efren and I, we married sisters. So um oh, okay. Once he started packing out, I joined forces with him and I uh, I just promote him in any way I can. I hang out. I'm the uh I'm I'm the hangout buddy.
2: Jeff's
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, the hype man.
2: Group. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it, dude, man. he's the hype man. Everybody loves yeah. Jeff
0: sweet yeah, a, you guys yeah. are you guys going to be at the hunt expo Um
2: uh, in denver which Salt one are talking Lake. about Salt Lake. Salt, Salt. Salt Lake. No, i think guy guy's I'll going right yeah i'll be yeah, guy's going sweet sweet yeah we, we should go but you know yeah we should <laughs>
0: that's I'll what be they there. all say <laughs> that, well guy is yeah. at, at least we'll be able to you know as long as i've known guy i've never actually met him face to face so th- that'll be cool
1: yeah that's so the little one little. thing about those expos, or you know, going to you know something like Western Hunt Fest, is uh, is you get to actually shake hands, yeah, um, right. and then you know, especially at that Hunt Fest, right? And then you go out and you get on the course and you're shooting bows and enjoying That's that. That's so, so, manage That camaraderie yeah, shoot,
2: there, shooting with people that are that you get. <laughs> like I give someone that I come, oh, you're the Pacquiao guy. Oh, nice. And then they're like, well, can I can I shoot with you? I'm like, That's not that serious, but sure, why not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sweet. Well, uh, and then I guess that's a good segue into talking about what this, uh, what Western Hunt Fest is. Fest. Sorry, I mispronounced that. Um, give me, give me like an overview of of what the idea is. And which, by the way, those of you listening can check it out at uh, westernhuntfest.com. That'll be in the show notes. Uh, in fact, I'll put that pack amount apparel thing, uh, website also in into the show notes too. Um, but westernhuntfest.com. Um, I don't know much about it. So uh, again, as Guy said, I'm a hillbilly. I live way up in the sticks and don't get out much. So
1: uh, (laughs) go ahead, Jeff, take, take that. And then we can branch off. Yeah.
3: Yes. So the Western Hunt Fest is um, it's a 3D archery competition, an elk calling contest and a pack out challenge, basically Um, all in one competition mixed in with some education. So we have like hunting seminars novelty ranges vendors and all that jazz is, is, so, is the basic
0: review and these are like one day things or are they like all weekend
3: uh two day yeah
0: two day two day okay so yep. come- two
1: busy days yeah
0: two <laughs> long days yeah
1: it's it's two busy days jim
0: guy okay, how long have you been involved with this
1: i mean i've been at i think just about every one and then kind of went full send um well Ownership wise, end of last season, full send, because these are my boys sometime last season, (laughs) Uh, but, but the event, I mean, you know, and I can kind of talk on it, you know, from an outsider perspective, it's probably the most complete 3D I shouldn't even say it that way. It's the most complete hunting event there is in terms of field, right? And practicality and what we do in the field. So Jeff mentioned the pack out challenge, right? It, it's not, no, I'm not downing anything. It's not enough to go shoot your bow at the 3d range, right? Yeah. Um, We can go out there. We can practice a ton. Typically we're standing at the pin, we're, you know, upright, stable, and we're shooting. Um, what happens, you know, when you're in the field that happens, you, you get that animal down, well then you got your pack out, right. Um, that aspect of it is, is, um, found itself into Western hunt fest because it's part of our scenario. Um, we're all elk nuts. Um, so then having the calling comp and the calling seminars, um, our our necessity, right? Education and what we do is is huge um, for you and I in terms of podcasting. That's what we're hope to provide with almost every conversation that we have is some level of education. So that was kind of the path um, with Western Hunt Fest is to bring all the aspects of hunting and. Put them at your feet, and cr- yeah, cram it into a weekend. And it's a very well timed, well thought out procedure. Um, you know, you go from your 3D shooting to the pack out. You have your lunch break, have a seminar with the likes of Joe Gillia, Jermaine Hodge, Tony Gilbertson, um, and others. Um, we have, you know, Kafar is one of uh, our main sponsors in this with the Pack Out Challenge. Um, last year, Amanda put on a pack fit um, and function seminar. So we're just trying to bring everything we can into a weekend and make it the most encompassing 3d event you've
0: ever attended. So I've got, I've got the website pulled up here. It looks like we've got, um, Western hunt fest, New Mexico. So, uh, how do you say that name? Raton, Raton, New Mexico. Raton. No. Raton? Yeah, so,
2: yeah. And so that's, uh, that's going to be, it's it's all the way north. It's basically the last town. It is the last town before you get into Colorado up the I twenty
0: five. Oh, gotcha. So okay, the, I've been through there. Then
2: yeah, yep. I don't know if you've ever you've ever heard of the uh, the NRA Whittington Center.
0: No, I haven't it's, no.
2: Okay, so it, it's a I think it's like thirty thousand acres, right, Jeff? Yeah. Is that right? I I think thirty three thousand. Yeah. Yeah. 30, so yeah, so oh, sweet. are thirty. Yeah, thirty thousand acres. They they give us a. Uh, we use a very small portion of that um, to run our our event, but um, I mean the facility itself. You can do everything from shoot air rifles to uh, what is it? What was that? That uh, that white rhino or that white uh, buffalo? Thirteen hundred yards or something. Thirteen hundred yards. So if you want to do long range, you can do long range. You can do ski. You can do air air rifles. They've got a uh, tactical pistol ranges. Three guys. All kinds of good stuff.
1: I think, yeah, but, I think Whittington goes out to two miles.
0: Yeah, I think it does. For the it long does, range, correctly. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, for the long range, Whittington is big enough to go two miles. They offer hunts on the facility. It's an, I, I can't believe you've never heard of it, Jim. I mean, it is freaking amazing, dude. Yeah. You yeah, know, I is.
0: probably have. Yeah. I just, it's, uh, again, A... I, I've been overwhelmed lately, man. This uh, that with with the <laughs> holidays and family and and everything else been into, like I'm just I feel like I'm out of it to be honest with you. <laughs> and so, um, and so that yeah 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 I, I've got to lose like ten pounds after that too. By the way, uh, that was <laughs> uh, that,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I've got April thirteenth and April fourteenth for that one, and then yep. you go from there to Saturday May fourth, uh, and May fifth. To the WHF Western Slope in Palisade, Colorado.
2: I'm going to let Guy cover that one because he's been out there quite a few times now.
0: Yeah, so that one's
1: at Cameo. That's a, you know, kind of a state run through CPW um, facility, but in lines with the Whittington Center um, in terms of, you know, encompassing all your shooting sports. Some phenomenal uh archery ranges on it and the terrain is is second to none. It's probably one of our more open venues. Um, you know, kind of that low country, deserty juniper pines, um, but brutal, brutal terrain. Some of the steepest shots we'll probably see all season. And then when we talk out our our pack out um event and then the sprint challenge. Um uh, that one, that one, we're looking to, we're looking to break you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like walking on the moon at, you know, 40 to 60% grade for most of that thing. So that's going to be a a pretty fun one. And that one really caters to like Western Colorado, um, you know, anything West of the continental divide. And then that Eastern Utah um, is kind of that, that venue is going to encompass all those folks there. So Utah jump on across the border and join us at cameo on May 4th and 5th.
0: And I got a question for you. So how, when you say a pack out challenge, what, tell me a little bit about how that works. What do you, you have something you're replicating elk quarters or something with and, and packing them out and, and how far, and how far.
1: So the, the, the distance varies. Um, but you know, because of time, because of, um, the amount of folks attending the event, generally speaking, um, the course loop is gonna be where somewhere between, you know, half mile, three quarters of a mile. Simulated elk quarters. So you got your two rears, your two front shoulders, loose meat, sandbags. Um, and then you got to carry uh the head and the antlers. Um, and that's that's on the men's side of things. We can get into the women's in a second here. And then for one of your rounds, you have to carry your bow with you, right? Um again, trying to simulate real-world scenarios in the field. Um, So that bow has to go one trip with you, generally your first trip, and it's a timed event. Uh, Best time wins. We don't have uh, we're not really into second place trophies. Um, You know, the way the point system is set up, there is a three tier podium at the events, uh, but there's one. Ultimate Predator at the end of the entire season. Um, we'll bring, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 folks together at our last event in Bailey, and then they'll compete in the same, um, the same realm, um, in terms of that pack out and some shooting and whatnot to take the belt home, so to speak.
0: Okay. I got and questions. We have our about women's that. event. Right. Yep. So you got your, you've you got your, um, Okay, we're New Mexico. May 4th is in Palisade, Colorado. Then you, you go to Reno, Nevada on May 25th and 26th. Uh, and then we go to the Air Force Academy in... Where is Colorado that? Springs. Colorado Springs. Oh, that's in Colorado Springs? Okay. Yes, that's sir. on June 1 and June 2. And then the champion, the, like the Mac Daddy event is what you're seeing, yeah. is on July 27th uh, in Bailey, Colorado. And that's where, like, all the... All the winners of the the first four end up going to that one, and it's like kind of like the Super Bowl of uh, Western Hunt Fest. Is that is that how you're describing it?
1: It's the Super Bowl of 3D archery events, period. Because there's yeah. nothing else doing what we're doing, so it is the gotcha. Super Bowl 3D archery.
0: And <laughs> when you when you talk about uh, oh, you, you, and then you have a woman's event as well. Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. So the the women's pack out challenges is a simulated mule deer, right? So again, you know, all four quarters, loose meat, bag head, bow, and same deal, same distance, going for time. And it'll be tiered the same way in terms of podium and then the invites at the Bailey
0: event. I'm going to come down and do that one. You know how I, I I'll just identify <laughs> and I'll win hey. that shit, man. Don't get me going, Jim. Whatever you identify, as. <laughs> <at. laughs> I'm a woman. I'm gonna pack it out. No, that's uh, that's cool, man. I I like I like this concept. Like, what? Give me if you guys can kind of describe what. Uh, obviously, guy, I think you you talked about how you wanted people to get some education out of it and some networking and and whatnot. Like, is that, is that the driving factor behind doing, doing something like this? Cause I like this idea, but I noticed how you don't come up to Idaho or Montana or Wyoming where all the real men hunt. Um, so I'm just, I'm just curious, like what, uh, tell me a little bit about some of the motivations to do this.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, so our motivation, honestly, we, we were going to these 3d events. We loved them. They were a lot of fun. But we we are so competitive that at these 3D events, we were competing with each other. We were talking smack. We were having fun. And we really, really wanted to see more to these events. So we tossed it around and we came up with a plan for like the ultimate hunting event. Because essentially that was what was in my mind. Mm-hmm. And same with Ephraim. Like we we just wanted to make the ultimate hunting event selfishly so that we could participate in it we are yet to participate
0: but <laughs>
3: but we have created exactly what we wanted you know we we saw a vision we wanted there to be an education aspect to it we wanted there to be a competition aspect with trophies at that and then we just wanted it to be fun too so um so, and then another big focus was we have we both have a lot of kids so we also wanted it to be family friendly, and we wanted to have an event that's going to cater to the hardcore hunter, the beginner, and the family. You know, just yeah, yeah. everything all in one.
0: I like that. I like that concept. I'm I, I I'm curious. Like when you talk about, let me scroll back down on the website. The championship in in Bailey. Um, is that like is that the champions of one particular thing like, okay, all the winners of the pack out challenge, the 3d challenge separately, or is it like who scored like somebody took the most points when you combined all the events into the end of the, the event. Does that make yes. sense? I, I, I kind of fumbled yep. that.
3: <laughs> no, that's exactly right. So we're going to, we're going to tally up points. Um, we, so we're going to give points for our 3d competition. We're going to give points for our elk calling competition, the pack out challenge and the sprint challenge. And then we're going to develop a leaderboard and we're going to select the top, let's say 20 from that leaderboard. And we're going to invite them to Bailey and have them hash it out for the ultimate champion.
0: (laughs) I dig it, man. I I love this concept. Actually. I I'd get my butt kicked on the pack out challenge though. I, 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 it's good to do that. Actually. I think there's, you guys know how many hunters go into the field that have exactly. never felt the dead weight of a rear elk quarter, like it <laughs> is. It is like in, and I don't care how many times you do it. When you put a rear quarter on your pack, and you put that sucker on your back and start moving, I don't care. I don't care how much experience you have or how little experience you have. It's a freaking shocker. It's like damn, <laughs> dude. I mean, like I never that hard, really I've,
1: is. That is the point of the pack out Challenge. I mean, the competition is one thing, but the education piece in terms of where you're at physically, are you really prepared to, to get all your meat out without spoiling it, right? And how does your equipment function before you get to the woods, right? falls—that's so it falls that's perfectly a key one. into our educational piece.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love the equipment operation. My, uh, my cousin Andrew and I, we found out the hard way. Uh, we did not, uh, I packed out an elk on this particular pack I had, but I did it differently. And there's like two ways to do it on, on this IA4. And, uh, I, I just kind of, I was helping some guys the first time and I did take a rear quarter, but I attached it to the uh, outside part of it. Well, this time I was taking the back, you know, where you sandwich the the quarter in between the pack and the pack. Frame. Right. In the pannier. And and I screwed it up, dude. Like this thing was going sideways, left and right. We (laughs) were going up this mountain and I'm just like, I had to keep, keep taking it off and I could not get that sucker tightened down. And, and, and so it's like, it's like, man, if I I just, I I can't emphasize enough, like people don't, maybe they underestimate how much of a bitch that thing is like, like it just is. And there's no other way to put it, you know? And so that's, I mean, really
1: watching it. Watching it, it goes to show how unfamiliar, and you know me, Jim, I'm a gear freaking uh, yeah. ridiculous nut, right? I tell everybody, I my, my gear,
0: if I have a question about gear, I just call guy.
1: It it sh- it shows you your shortcomings there and how difficult that pack out can be. And you're talking a three-quarter mile loop, generally speaking, max. And it is brutal to watch folks come around with their pack with the fit and function of their pack with that simulated quarter on it. And you know that that's the reason that they're failing. I mean, it was, that's what spawned the, the pack fit seminar was so people understand how to use the thousand dollar pack that you think that they would be in the garage messing with rucking with preseason, but, but people take it for granted that it's going to be this easy process and then they go get brutalized. You know, and the worst thing you could do is early September, 75, 80 degrees, no, you know, no real good shade in some areas, your pack out and get killed on that. And then, you mm-hmm. you know, you're wasting meat. Right. And I mean, it's, it's irresponsible as, as, as hunters to be in that position. Yeah. Um, but the pack out challenge and, and the seminars, man, it really brings it to light.
0: So uh, l- let me, I, I want to kind of walk through this. We, we, you've got two days. Okay. You're doing a pack out challenge, which, uh, by the way, is this like a, is there, is there an option to be like a team event? Like if, there is. if, if me and Guy showed up, I can, I can have Guy be my pack mule and I'll do the shooting <laughs> right. or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. it's
2: either, it's either solo and you still uh-huh. have to, whether you do it solo or team, you still have to do the same amount. Um, and you still got to run the same course. So, uh, but there is, but there is the option for teams, um, and teams meaning two, not not four. your entire camp. Yeah. (laughs) Like the entire
0: elk bros shows up and there's like 10 of them. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Three quarters of a mile getting an elk out is nothing for those guys. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We do have, we do have a teams, um, and solo. So it, it's, we've had husband and wives do it. We've had hunting partners do it. Um, we've got brothers that do it. Hmm. So it, it's, it's fun.
0: Okay. So uh, getting back to what I was kind of asking there, um, you've got, you, you've got, I, I just want to make sure I'm getting all the, all the things here because I'm, I'm I've got, this is going to lead to other questions. Uh, you've got your pack out competition. You've got your elk calling competition. Uh, then there's a the 3d shoot. How big is this uh 3d 3d course you guys set up? Is it you guys that set the course up?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's 20 targets per, per course. We have two courses. So we run one. Um, so we do shotgun starts. So we run them in the morning. So we run the 3d competition on day one and then everybody comes back and then we start our other events. And then on day two, same thing. First thing in the morning, we go run our second course. And with the 3d shoot, we add like hunt specific tasks. So it's not just a typical 3D shoot. We we ask them to do a lot of things on
1: top of just shooting their
3: start a
0: fire. (laughs) (laughs) Not that
1: no one would win if we said start and come on. (laughs) I'd
0: I'd kick everybody's ass at fire starting competitions. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, you know th- yeah there Spring you go hit. man we might have Co-pain to throw out. the huntsman fire starter Co-pain. in next year man
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah man I, I i it would be interesting uh, on just a totally side note it'd be interesting for people starting fires that uh live in places like new mexico and arizona and even colorado and utah where it's super dry competing against folks in like north idaho and montana where it's really wet and yeah. uh, I'm getting down a rabbit trail here, but I'd, I've always wanted to have that competition because I I lived in Utah for many many years, and it's way easier to start a fire there than it is in Montana and Idaho. Uh, That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the moisture, the moisture is way different. So, um, did I miss one? Uh, we had we had to pack out the the elk calling championship and then the um, 3D archery shoe. Is there anything else competitively? Uh, we have the a-
1: sprint challenge. We have a sprint challenge too, and this is kind of our tiebreaker, so to speak, right? So we threw this in there to to give folks one another shot at points, right? There's people that excel at the pack out, um, then there's people that excel at the shooting. So you got your physicality, and then you got your technical. So we threw the pack out challenge in, or excuse me, the, the sprint challenge in to kind of level that playing field, um, and and to okay. kick arse on both sides of those of those high notes. So what the sprint challenges is basically a hundred yards, you know, marker to marker with a a target, you know, set at the 50 yard mark. Um, And it's a 50 yard shot in a nutshell. um, You have to sprint, shoot, drag a sandbag, come back, shoot, sprint, sprint, shoot. So you get three shots. It's your sprint and your drag is timed. So say you did everything in three minutes the way that it works um, is your 10 and 12 ring are subtractions from your overall time. Your 8, 5, and 0 are additions to your overall time. So if you shoot really bad with the physicality, then you can be looking at a 3, 10, 3, 15 Um, if you shoot really good and perform really good in terms of time. So you did it in three minutes and you shot a 10 and 12, then you can be looking at a two forty five, So a sub three minute time, and then we'll tier that. And then that's how we'll kind of level the playing field between the, the two events there,
0: man, you guys have this really well thought out. So this is like, you you guys have, (laughs) I mean, this is like complicated, almost like golf or something. Let me ask you this. Can you, can somebody just come to the fest uh, and like shoot the RD or the 3D range without being, you know, as a the competition, they can. not Yeah, absolutely. Is, it, is there like a yeah. fee for that or?
2: Yeah, so we welcome everybody. Um, if, whether you want to do just the pack out or just the 3D, or you want to come for the seminars, whatever it is, to you still going to. So that here's the deal: you still got to pay the 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 admission to put your ticket right. Mm-hmm. So you might as well take advantage of the entire the entire program. Um but yes, if, if somebody does want to come shoot, they they pay for it online. Uh they come out, they can shoot. Um we've even had some people that they don't they don't want to be scored. They don't want to be competitive but they want to come out and try the course. So yeah they'll come that's, in that's like and what I'm shoot. thinking. That'd be fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah they just want to have fun. They they'll come out, they'll shoot with everyone, listen to the hecklers, have a good time and just not turn their scorecard in because they don't care about the score. They just wanted to have a good time.
0: So yeah, I like absolutely. I like the photo gallery on the website. That's that's pretty cool. How many years have you guys been doing this?
2: This is uh, we're going year into
0: three. year three, three year three. Yeah, and and the the big question is is why why are there no events up here in like Montana or North Idaho or or even Wyoming? Oh, it's logistically,
1: yeah, lo- logistically, I mean, it was it's just a decision in terms of growth, what the three of us could handle. Um, and, and honestly, some of it being a new event is someone giving us the opportunity and doesn't expect $50,000, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I think next year I would, I would almost guarantee with 99% certainty that next year we will be in Idaho, um, and add it to, uh, our venue list for next year.
0: What, what do you mean? Like, are you talking about like a venue to, to have an event like this? um shoot i'll do it you you can do it on my place for 19.99 and 40 cents
1: we'll do it no i'm kidding send you the money right now
0: does does
1: that include the uh vrbo
0: there buddy man yeah for you brother i mean shit i got you can stay in the old broken time studio remember that little there we go that'd be an honor man the og studio yeah, uh, you don't want to go in there right now. There's a mouse I can't get. He he's not falling from my trap, and he's crapping all over my hunting gear, man. Um,
1: you've been dealing with that mouse for a minute, dude. I heard it on
0: one of your episodes talking about that mouse. seemed like two months ago. Yeah, it probably was, man. He won't like every other mouse here. Well, I can get the pack rats, I can get the mice, I can get. I've got all these cats running around, but this one particular mouse that's in that old it's it's a it's called a Keystone <laughs> Zeppelin trailer. It's this little 21 foot trailer. It's what I've been recording podcasts when we lived on the old property for a couple of years and shit, man, he will not fall for this trap that the rest of them do. So <laughs> anyway, that's a side note. But uh, so, so that's, is, is that kind of the holdup finding some kind of venue to hold this kind of event at and, and they're, they kind of get pricey or, or whatever?
1: Well, it's, I mean, you know, the, the model that we're working under is, uh. Money out, money in, no credit. We want to build this thing where it's, you know, where we can enjoy it, right? And as soon as you start trying to dump all this finance and interest and everything into it, do we want it to really feel like work? Not really. Is it work? Hell yes, it is. It keeps us all busy. Um, But, you know, that's the model that was set out for and that's what we aim to keep. So it's just a matter of growing it and pacing that growth, Um, you know, by all means, if you know we can get uh, more sponsors in and, and get, you know, these venues packed with folks, then yeah, we're going to grow and we'll look at that growth and you know we'll keep stepping big bounds. But if you look at, you know, the first couple of years, years, um, I think when we did the numbers, correct me if I'm wrong, we grew 200%. And the goal is to, you right. know, double that again this year, um, which is huge. Um, and it took like of an undertaking, man. I mean, it's a two a day event for our participants and our sponsors, but for us, each event is, you know, year long, <laughs> year long in terms of preparation. I mean, you know, our, our meetings and, and talks to each other are almost shit. I think at this point they're daily, um, you know, and we really want this to be something that when people come, it's memorable. They enjoy the hell out of it and they want to come back and scaling our group land lend to that rip we don't want anybody walking away going that event was whack we want yeah. everybody to come and say i got something out of it
2: Dude, that's, you know? the, that's the thing too is uh what walking away with actually i just got this i'm gonna read you something real quick let me see i got a a message from somebody the other day asking if we were going to bring it to uh raton again and he said he said, what y'all, do, what y'all are doing is badass. Got me ready for my elk hunt and how to be better prepared. I didn't shoot an elk, but I was damn sure prepared.
0: Silencer Central. Folks, if you want to learn something new right alongside me, check it out at silencercentral.com. I've never put a suppressor on any of my weapons, but I'm going to start now. And I'm using Silencer Central to help get me started because they walk you through the whole process. To include, you can ship the rifle to them, They'll thread it, they'll put it on, and they will ship it back. And you can make payments on the whole thing while you wait for all the licensing to get approved, which they take care of for you. It's a great process, and it's a great company, American manufacturer, right there in South Dakota. And we are really excited to be partnering with them. So check it out at silencercentral.com or give them a call at 888-781-8778 and let them know that you heard it on the Western Huntsman. Hoffman Boots is my go-to boot. I love the Explorers in the 8-inch, and they've got the Vibram sole, totally waterproof, no break-in period. They just glue your feet to the mountain. You can't ask for more out of a boot, and you don't have to break the bank to get a pair. So check it out at hoffmanboots.com. Again, another American company a local North Idaho friend of mine who runs this company decided to make some great hunting boots for all people that are serious about getting into the backcountry to chase elk and deer and bear and everything else out there. So check it out at HoppinBootz.com. Use promo code ALL CAPS LOCK Huntsman 10 at checkout to save you 10%. So, so that's okay. what we want people
2: walking away with.
0: Yeah, 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 for I mean, sure, we, we can,
1: E, why don't you, I mean, go further. Right. Look at the numbers from from year one to last year, participants that went from HuntFest into the field that actually said, hey, you guys get a little bit of my credit, which we'll all say that's BS. But the education piece, the preparation piece, uh, the the competition is, is does a lot of it. But numbers. Success numbers in the field this year were freaking off the richter man it was yeah, it was yeah. so freaking oh, yeah. cool to see that
0: see that's yeah, what it's, i'm uh, it's give- go ahead go ahead oh, so,
1: yeah it's given
3: folks a reason to tr- start training earlier too which is something completely new to a lot of hunters like usually like they're starting to train you know in
0: august some of them yeah august 28th some of them yeah <laughs> i've been <laughs> guilty of that guy, i That's, and that's, I I like that point because I I think a lot of us get caught up in, in day-to-day life. And, you know, when you're talking specifically about archery elk hunting in September, right. It's such, it's so wildly different than, than everything else we do. And, and, you know, I fall into this trap where, you know, come, come April, uh, me and my girls we're out there chasing turkeys and then we're gearing up for all our bear hunts. And, and for, for most of May and June, me and my girls are chasing bears and, and that's what we do and then we kind of have this lull of, you know, end of June through end of August where, you know, my wife wants to go to the lake and we want to go camp and we want to go, you know, do, do non hunting related stuff because my life is, you know, very much centered around hunting. And so, so is it my, my wife is the only one in the family that doesn't hunt. And so, uh, I try to make those, those months and in, in, uh, in these off months, you know, more about her and, and whatnot, but man, it'll sneak up on you. Like last year, I was not, like September snuck up on me last year and, and I am normally not one to let September sneak up on me, but you know, we'd sold that property and, and uh, bought this new place, which by the way, um, the dude that bought my old property, his name is Josh. Super cool guy. Uh, He lives, he's in Hawaii and, and he bought this property in in Clark Fork, Idaho. And he's, he's like one of those just salt of the earth kind of dudes. Um, Him. And I talk all the time that, that 26 acre little, chunk of bare land might be a great place to have a hunt fest i'd I'd have to talk to him and see if he'd be up for it uh but it's it's got all sorts of different terrain to set i've always wanted to do like a 3d shoot there because of how the terrain is and it's it's very uh consistent with what a lot of hunters will find throughout north idaho and west montana you know and so anyway that's a side note but um what the hell was i talking about before that i got i got sidetracked Oh, the the fact the the I don't know when specials, I hear yeah, go ahead.
1: When I hear you offering up free land, man, we're there. <laughs> I know. I, I, <laughs> well, thought, I don't know. I, know. I, I, I it don't
0: know. Out. I don't know if it's free, but I, I bet you we could work <laughs> something out. Because Joshie, like I said, he's a great guy. Uh, In fact, he got he uh, he got a tag for next year. I'm going to take him out on uh, on like a bear hunt and probably an elk hunt and whatnot. So uh, I'm excited for that. He he really is. He's a cool dude. So anyway, um. Yeah, that, that that's one of the, the nice things about these kind of events that are held during the summer is it kind of it keeps you accountable when maybe it, without them, you wouldn't keep yourself accountable, you know, and and man, I I don't want to go show up to a 3D archery range with a bunch of other hunters if I'm not well polished with my bow. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to knock the dust off, show up to a 3D right. competition shoot, or or even if it's not competitive. And, and uh, you know, embarrass myself. I'm going to make sure I'm dialed. You know what I mean? And so right. that's... But,
1: but some of that, I mean, that that's what keeps a lot of people from the venues, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. be it Western yeah. Hunt Fest or some other shoot or, you know, just going to the range is if it's crowded. But, I mean, if you look at something that's, you know, causing more detriment, that's what it is, right? Just yeah. get out there because not everyone's shooting 12s, right? I mean, we went out on the range last year and... Man, the group we were with, I mean, we got, we had straight killers in the group. And I'm going to say, how many arrows just went, pick you. I mean, yep. there's a video <laughs> on our Instagram and the three of us, and I, and we did that. In, I did that intentionally. The three of us at the start of the video, he hits steel. Jeff tells me I suck. And then he sends a bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know what I mean? And it's like, look, we, we, the camaraderie out on the course, I don't care what you're shooting. If you're shooting fives or you're shooting twelves, it's worth being out there. We yeah. owe it to our way of life to go and get better. Right. So, you know, I'm preaching kind of on the soapbox, but don't, you know, somebody's listening. Don't, don't stay away from your 3d range because it's a crowd. You're not going to get better. And then that pressure is going to lend itself to you dialing in. So sorry. Yeah. Soapbox.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, Jim, Just- one
3: point two. Um, so like like you, I'm in a similar situation. My wife does not hunt. Um, I spend a lot of time hunting, and the summers for us historically have been like family time, you know. Like, yeah. So hunting preparation goes to the backseat. So we have been really intentional on trying to make this a good event for let's say the wife doesn't hunt for the wives and the kids. So we're gonna bring like um 3D nerf ranges for the kids. We're gonna do um instruction for the kids we're gonna have little bows for them to shoot um we're gonna have like cornhole tournament we'll have vendors there we'll have food there um we're we're dabbling with like live music and just stuff to keep the family entertained while the you know the hunter of the family is participating and and doing things so we wanted to be really intentional yeah and and make it like a family vacation so that that it's not you know another selfish weekend
0: yeah, yeah no and and that that's that, that really is important there's there's all sorts of events that i've missed over the years because you know i i don't want to take a couple of days to go like like idaho idaho would have uh i, th- I think they still do it uh, the idaho bow hunting association or whatever um uh, they would do like this jamboree down in in central mm-hmm. idaho and and it was a big deal like you guys are talking about there was you know um uh, there was an elk calling contest three 3d range and, and some other different events, but it was super hunting centric and like, that's just boring as shit for my wife. She, she don't want to go do that. And so, and I don't want to, I don't want to spend those couple of days of, of time away from her that would take away from my time in like September or even November whitetail season or or June, you know, spring bear, what whatever the case is. And, and so by making it a little bit more family oriented, I got a question for, uh, Jeff and Efren, when it comes, when you're talking about, um, some of those, those other events, like you had the, um, cornhole competition, yeah. who would win between me and guy? Cause I, I don't know what, I don't know. Guy's really cocky when it comes to cornhole.
2: Guy's cocky about everything. Uh, (laughs)
0: hey i almost took
1: the ship last year at the cornhole comp just just for the record i was one team away and it was my partner armando martinez with the bow hitch simply savage solutions that lost the game for us period right i'm calling you out i'm saying who it was
0: oh (laughs) Oh, man that's savage brother we had a
1: round where he only threw like half a
2: point if that Hey, oh, where guys, where guy, guy is cocky and he talks it, I'll tell you what, he did back it up. I've seen, I, well, I didn't see it, but I, I saw the results of him calling in an axis deer. Oh, he really? Said one day, yeah, one day he said, I'm going to call that motherfucker in. <laughs>
0: an axis deer? Yeah. Guess buddy. what he did? Called oh, in. sweet. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to do another podcast about that one, guy.
1: Yeah. That one was pretty cool. But, but down in the lower corner, at least on my screen, that the tortoise there, he uh called in an owl dad
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice so that, you guys all was... like hunt together quite a bit huh
2: yeah we try to yeah. yeah
0: sweet good for you guys i yeah, i'm it curious was pretty funny getting back to this uh this uh i keep getting tongue-tied here so western hunt fest when you are doing these seminars tell tell me again what seminars are available like the educational seminars
1: so you know our our elk calling seminar is is you know top top tier top list. Um, Joe will be at Joe Gillia Elk Bros fame. Um,
0: you have you have Joe Gillia doing that.
1: Yeah, we have Joe Holy at a couple of yeah. events.
0: They we just let Tony anybody. In. Ah,
1: we got Tony Gilbertson, <laughs> um, Jermaine Hodge, um, and our oh, list nice. is just going to keep growing. So we got the Phelps boys over there. Um, you know, and, and we won't give up the, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, and that's just one seminar, right? We're going to, we're looking at doing a solo hunting seminar, uh, kind of a pack dump seminar. Uh, and then, you know, Jeff, as, as much as I uh, blew smoke up, so to speak up Ephraim's butt, you know, Jeff, when you look at what he does in terms of the kids involvement, um, teaching kids about hunting, <clears throat> why we hunt the respect for hunting and is one of the best callers that I've ever been around Um, and his ability to translate his calling ability into instruction to these kids is, you know, again, I'm going to say it right. is second to none. And this is not me being biased to, to my boys. Um, It's legitimate. So we'll have our kids calling seminar um, as well as the other things that Jeff mentioned. So
0: man, see, we we need need, to get, we need to get one of these up here. We'll get it. I'd love to get my kids in that. Elkhart. dude, I well, my well, daughter she would she would clean got, house you, it tell, us, ah, dang, yeah. you <laughs> tell us what
1: uh tell us what venue you want to make this year and we'll make sure that the whole family has tickets we, so
0: we we could definitely we could definitely figure out if you if you were serious about doing it this year in like either north idaho or montana you know i, I li- i'm right on the border so i kind of like i feel like I, I i'm part of both communities you know um i we, we could totally make something happen um I, I the back to the seminars is is there or in the in the future going forward with this uh, Western Hunt Fest are are you is there uh discussions or um expansions on what the educational part of this these uh these uh, this festival is um in terms of like maybe other seminars other types of you know because we've all I don't know you've we, we can get pack dump kind of seminar anywhere and and all that kind of stuff I think it's I think that there is a big difference when when you can get somebody in a room with a with a bugle tube that's really effective you know that in-person interaction is way different than what you can hear on a podcast or a YouTube video uh so I think that that like I encourage all hunters if you if you have the opportunity to go to any kind of seminar where there is a live caller and, and it, it, they are there giving you, you know, their, their perspective as to how elk calling, you know, comes together for them or whatever. um It's way better than YouTube and, and podcasts. And I, and this is coming from a guy that does an entire series on, on calling elk, uh you know, uh, on a podcast. And so um I, 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 there's just a big difference. So that, that part is super important. uh What are the things in the past or not in the past, in the future, are you guys looking for adding seminar wise? And by, so, by the way, I, I need to I need to just pause my video because you guys are wigging out and I, it's my Internet. So <laughs> bear with me.
1: OK, um, you know, we talk about future. You know, we really want to emphasize on, you know, our, our women's side of things. Right. I mean, um, we we feel like there's a hole in in that educational piece that's focused um, so we're really working on that. And we're actually working on getting a couple speakers at some venue this year. Um again, it's solidifying things and making sure schedules align. Um I don't want to say you mean names like women, I don't want to drop something and not come through. Yeah, women instructors. I mean, uh, you know, we're talking to one right now and it's not just hunting, it's it's outdoors, it's foraging, um, it's living off the land. Uh, as well as hunting so see my wife trying to bring that
0: she would be she would be on that like a drunk on free peanuts man if there was some kind of foraging uh sustainability homesteading kind of topic and that man might she she'd be all over that
1: yep so we're working on that and you know we're hoping to bring that you know this year um and then we're just going to continue to, you know, to grow those seminars. And really, we want it to be something, you know, hearing you say that, it solidifies the reason that we reached out to who we reached out to. Um, but we really want the suggestions to come in, right? If if somebody attends the event and says, hey, I'm not so much an elk hunter. Uh, I'm really into high, high country mule deer. You know, we got a couple people that we can look at for that and talk to and get them to the event. If it's predator situation, I mean, ultimately where we want to take this event um, doesn't stop with archery. So, you know, we're, we're really looking at sky's the limit and, you know, we say ultimate championship or ultimate predator, you know, you imagine across the the demographic and different means and men take, we want this event, this event will encompass all of that. And I mean, hence it doesn't say the Western hunt fest, archery shoot, Right. It's the Western Hunt Fest. There's many, yeah. so many areas that we can go with that. And that's where we're aiming for.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's so much information out there available for like September archery elk hunting, but there's not a ton of information for October rifle hunting for elk. There's not a ton of, uh, you know, right. mule deer is kind of a big topic. But like, where can somebody that really wants to learn how to be a really effective muzzle loader, November elk hunter? Where, where can they go? And that's kind of where I'm trying exactly. to uh, branch out a little bit on on this show. A little, you know, I, I I did a couple of School of November podcast episodes where it was, you know, a whitetail centered, you know, and then we I had Guy Eastman on talking about his because he's really good at this uh, muzzle load late season elk. Um, so if you can if you can incorporate that into into this, kind that was of,
1: actually a really good episode
0: with uh, with Guy.
1: Yeah, that was excellent episode. I mean, the information that, that he dropped on there was just, yeah, that was bitching.
0: Yeah. And he's got, he's got so much experience and they've got this, you know, Wyoming has this great late season and it's, it's, it's so like primed for inner intercepting these, these elk that are moving to the winter. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. I, I, I absolutely love that topic, but, um, what about things like, are you guys, what are the things I want to talk about in 2024? And I want to get your guys' take on this because obviously you guys are, you're all seasoned hunters. You're all into this, uh, this lifestyle as, as, uh, as you are, obviously you, you, you're kind of into it when you start a hunt festival. Um, You know, okay. there's, there's a level of commitment that is above maybe other people's commitments with that. So. Uh, I want to uh, chat about oh, like what your guys' take would be on doing some kind of um, discussion, Yeah, you know, whether it's on a, a podcast or, or one of these festivals. But like hunt etiquette, yeah, because everybody talks about hunt ethic and, and ethic, you know, um, uh, fair chase and ethics and all that kind of stuff. But etiquette is different. Hunt et- etiquette is a completely different topic that has not really been touched on very well. And, uh, man, when you go out into a crowded unit, you could tell that people don't know shit about hunting etiquette. And, and oh, that's, yeah. that's, I think where, uh, a lot of the frustration that we get on social media, uh, you know, with, with hunters kind of ripping each other's souls out of their body online kind of thing. And, and the hostility, I think a lot of that comes from this lack of etiquette out there on the mountain and and people are still pissed six month six months later. Like there I had an incident in September I'm still pissed about. And and uh what do you guys think about that? Would that be something that would go over at like a seminar on like a seminar level outside of like a podcast or a YouTube video?
2: Absolutely. That's hey, a I'm gonna interrupt you guys real quick. I have to jump off. I gotta go grab my daughter from volleyball. But before you guys get too in depth on that, I got I have to go.
0: Efren. What am I going to do without you in my life, brother?
2: <laughs> I'm coming back, now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, man.
0: See you, brother. <laughs> See you,
2: brother. Thanks, guys. All
0: right, so I mean, Efrain, you're, you're asking Gonzalez. to get
1: me going. You're asking no, I, to get well, me going. I mean, right? We talked about that.
0: It's a serious. I, it's a serious topic, guy. That I think. I think that I don't know if people are like afraid to talk about it, or if people are hesitant to bring it up because of maybe some of the reactions to get. Or they think that people just don't want to hear it. But I have found in some of the things that I've been I've been talking about and and um posting about that there is a serious interest in like an overarching conversation about etiquette and what is right and wrong on the mountain.
1: I think part of that my opinion, part of that stems from the air quote newly acquired members to our lifestyle,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Some folks just don't know. And I think you get to a point where, you know, and for me, I don't experience it. So it's hard for me to talk about to a point, right? Where we talk about this overcrowding issue and people stepping on people and things like that. It don't matter to me. If you got 10 guys out in front of me, I'm going to turn the corner and I'm going to find some spot to hunt that I can, you know, take my solo adventure and not worry about them.
0: Man, Um, I am going to, you're going to get so much hate mail over saying that i i've said that a bunch and every time well you don't hunt the unit that i hunt it's like you know i hunt one of the most crowded units in idaho
1: don't tell me go i'll go on an otc hunt to stay close to home and not give a living a flying chili bean fart about how many people are in that OTC unit, where the plates are from. I don't care. I'm there for an experience. And if I have to hike an extra two miles or look at a hillside that no one else wants to climb and climb it, to to have the hunt that I want to have, that's my etiquette, man. I sat on a hillside two years ago watching seven or eight vehicles park in front of the same little timber area and all walk in. And not, you know what I mean? So it's not, <clears throat> it's, it, it's not the first guy that pulls up or the 10th guy that pulls up that's at fault. When you see it happen every single day for a week, they all know that they're going into that area. They've been there together, you know, whether they're there together or not, they've been there for four or five days and they're still doing it. So it's like, well, I'm here. So I'm going to stay here while I'm here. I don't care that you're, that's the problem with our demographic. Right is that we're always at these these odds with things, and we just don't care because we want this. Then we complain about it. But I just pulled up to the same spot four days, and I watched every one of you pull up almost at the same time as I'm glassing, and you still walk in,
0: but don't complain about it. Then find another area. So the area that I, I, sorry. So you think like on on that that point, something like that to your point is like kind of this lack of flexibility. That hunters have and, and due to that lack of flexibility and ability to change like from plan A to plan B to plan C to plan D, um they're they're pissing themselves off because they know the problem's gonna exist, but yeah. yet it's everybody else's fault, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's just it's like one of those things that we just like to complain about. Yeah. Right? It's it's the six-five creed more of stepping into the woods. We just want to complain about it. 30 trucks at the trailhead. Where the hell does that happen? Because I haven't seen it. I'm in, I'm in the woods the entire month of September. Plus my hunting activities after September. I don't pull up to a trailhead and ever see 30 trucks. <laughs> Not to I say it even, doesn't happen.
0: I mean, dude, I don't even understand the trailhead uh, topic because I I don't like no shit. There's going to be a bunch of trucks at a trailhead. You're at a trailhead. What? go to places that aren't trailheads that go ahead jeff
3: i've I've actually hunted a a specific place where there is a single trailhead and you you come in it's in colorado but you come in through new mexico and the whole road up to the, the property is new mexico and you could only access it at the colorado side and when you pull up there will be cars lined in every single parking spot filling into the New Mexico area. So I, I see people's frustration in a place like that, especially yeah. when you have guys that are um. you'll be, you'll be in an area and you'll be working an elk and you'll have guys that know you're there, know you're working the elk and they'll bomb in on, on that specific situation. Um, and that's, that's
1: more of the etiquette that I, that's I the etiquette. Have yep. With. Yep. Right. Yep. But the way to avoid that is not go to that freaking trailhead. Yep. yep. It's yeah. that easy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's a, th- go ahead, Jeff.
1: Yes. So, and then like,
3: even furthermore with that being said, like in those specific areas, you have a lot of respectful people, but then you'll have those few idiots that are in there, like purposely following people that they know are really good hunters it's it's really bad in the specific area that I'm in. There's some some guys who do really well, and there's guys that target where they're gonna go. I've heard I've heard a, like, a how guy do they tell me. Know? Time,
0: are they putting like those apple chip things on their truck? Or like how how do they know that <laughs> stuff? I, I have no clue, it.
3: but I've heard I've heard somebody say so-and-so hunts here, and I saw him in here, so I'm gonna go to that specific spot. And I'm like, what?
0: Interesting.
3: You're gonna go and compete with him as opposed to find your own spot like it's crazy when, to me.
0: when do you think will there ever be a time that hunters will come to the realization that these really successful hunters and these really good hunters with the exception that there are exceptions to what i'm about to say but for the most part these guys that are really successful year after year they're super consistent it's not about the stop or, or the spot yeah. they're going to it's not about the, a particular trailhead they're going to. Has nothing to do with it. You look at like Cody Rich, man. That guy can go anywhere and find a freaking elk and kill it, right? It, 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 Cam Cam Haynes, he's like that. He, he'll find an elk anywhere and and he'll go kill it. It's not about the spot. It's it's there. There's something beyond just a locale and the etiquette thing. Which, by the way, what you talked about with. Uh, Jeff, what, what you mentioned about, you know, approaching one state from the other side's border, people, for some reason are really hesitant to hunt on borders, uh, super effective in a lot of cases. Uh, that's, that's a whole other podcast in its own, but. You know, everybody talks about how, well, you know, the trail hit is a lot more crowded than it was 20 years ago. So is Walmart. And so is Disneyland. We have to learn to, to move with the times and understand that. It's not just one person's fault. It's not non-resident's fault. It's not resident's fault. It's a combination of all sorts of things taking place. There's fewer hunters doing dove hunting and pheasant hunting, but there's way more hunters doing archery elk hunting than there were 20 years ago, right? So these these lines, these demographics, they shift and things mold and meld with time and, and changes. And, and to sit there and act like it's still 1999... And then get pissed off about uh, you know at, at, at everybody else for wanting to experience that without being flexible. That's where we get etiquette issues. People say, "Fuck you! I've been hunting this drainage for twenty years, and now I'm going to go in there and hunt it right on top of you." Yeah, you, you know what? Yep. Say you guys.
1: Yeah, that's my spot. Get out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a rough one, right? I
0: mean, I came into
1: I came into hunting, you know, in my early twenties. I came into elk hunting. Shit, I only got a few years under my belt. Right. So in my forties and I've just never seen an issue with it. Right. If somebody says, Hey, work, you know, messages me, right. Oh man, I'm struggling. but I don't, I don't have that problem, but maybe it's a different view because I don't know what it was like in the air quote, Hey, right. When there was no one in the unit before elk hunting or chasing mule deer in the high country was this big blown up thing. And then where I started hunting, it was already so thin that I had to work for every pound of meat that I got for weeks and weeks and weeks, Yeah, you know, a couple years, you might, you know, in my original stomping grounds, um, it, it, it so I think the perspective is a little bit different um, when it comes to that right and then you get that we don't need any more hunters you know because it's already so crowded but well then you look at what's going on across all landscapes and the politics behind you know hunting right now do we not need any more hunters i mean it's, right so that there's all these there's all these different questions you know that that lifelong hunter that grew up hunting, you know, GMU 22 and my grandpa taught my dad and my dad and my grandpa took me and I used to go with my uncles and you know, all that it's, it's fine and dandy and beautiful, but the landscape is just different now. Right. And if you have been hunting that country for 20 years and you can't get away from people, maybe you're not the greatest goddamn woodsman or hunter on the landscape
0: yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because it's like <laughs> it's such an obvious thing that it just does not seem to be that does obvious it, to people you know it doesn't it's make like any sense it's like i i just here's the thing i i would I, I think that we can all agree that every western state has two or three units that are for sure without a question overrun with too many tags whether they're resident or non-resident Uh, not enough camping spots, not enough country for, for people to get away from each other. Yes. So I I just want to say that so that people can't say, well, you haven't hunted this particular unit and blah, 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 blah. Listen, I could be the only person in one of my units. And, and, and the thing is, is it's, it's like been overrun with wolves. So everybody that knows anything about hunting elk, they're not going to be in that unit. Right. But I can go to two units over and there's like. 20,000 people in this unit. We all have those units. The point is, I don't care. I don't care what you think is a limitation to you. It's not a limit- limitation to me because I can always get away from people. I can always get away. And I hate, I am not, I am not your dude that it's going to go back country, freaking hunting 15 miles back. Uh, Cause I hunt solo. I'm not going to go kill an elk 15 miles back. I have a I have a buddy Jeff Bynum up here in uh, North Idaho, and and he he made this post this year where he said, you know, a lot of you pride yourselves with with how far back you get to find an elk. I pride myself with how close to the truck I can get an elk down because I have <laughs> to pack it out myself. He's exactly right, man. Right. And 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 that's the thing is is like uh, again, I'm 90%, ninety percent 95 percent of the time I'm hunting solo, with the exception my girls are usually with me. And so even with that, even without getting 10, 12, 15 miles back, I could still be by myself. Have I gotten my, my toes stepped on? Yep, absolutely. Have I stepped on other people's toes? Yep, absolutely. The difference is, is I identify that and I make sure that those hunters know that I'm getting out of their shit and, and they were there first. And, and, you know, sometimes I don't get that same respect back, but I think that that doesn't change the fact that that's still what I'm going to do and the decision I'm going to make and you have to be flexible. I, I just don't understand this tantrum thing uh, that we have going on where everybody thinks that. Like, how do you not get away from people? What are you freaking just standing on the road? I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. They're I don't get staying it. They're on the
3: trails. Like You know, uh, so in that same unit that we that I was talking about, the overcrowded one. Mm-hmm. So I'll go into that unit. And the it's the just, one with the trailhead? I, yeah. With the, with the overcrowded trailhead. So people are weak, man. It's it's the society we live in. People are so weak. So in that same unit, I'll go there for the first week with the overcrowding. And everybody comes back in the dark. And they all sit there at their trucks and they talk. And I kid you not, nine out of ten of those guys are saying, oh, there's no elk in here. There's too many people. Um, blah, blah, blah. Complaining, 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 right? Well, I just came out of the same woods. And I'm interacting with three to four bulls. I'm finding the elk. I'm not seeing the people. I see their their vehicles, but I'm not seeing the people. And it's just the mindset of the of the people nowadays, I think personally. Like the etiquette, people are weak, man. People are gonna, if you go to that unit two weeks after the season starts, that overcrowding is gone. It's mm. gone. There's nobody in there. Some Sometimes Everybody it's
0: control. even vice versa. Sometimes it's the first few, first two weeks, nobody's there. And it's the second two weeks. It's yep. super crowded, but it's your job as a hunter to figure out what that, what that, what is. that is. I right? have, I have a section of a unit that is normally, I, I mean, in, in North Idaho, people complain about this particular unit all the time. They're like, it's used to be the best elk unit in the entire state, blah, 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 blah. And Now it's overrun with all these people that have moved here and, and they, they, you know, there's two of them in the panhandle because Idaho breaks down, you know, things into regions panhandle of Idaho has two really good units, but everybody thinks they're ruined. But in one of those units, I, I can go down and I do this every year. In fact, a lot of the footage that I show of my, uh, some of these call-ins and that, uh, that, that footage I sent you guy, where I, I shot that arrow at that bull and it was just <laughs> like bouncing off of every limb that was in between me and him. <laughs> that real painful video. Yeah. And it's where I've where I've uh I've hit a bunch of bulls, uh, where, where where I've killed a bunch of bulls. That 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 particular area, man, I'm I'm I am here to tell you in the unit that on if you were to just rely on Facebook is the most crowded unit in the lower forty eight. That unit I have I have the entire there's like three major mountain uh systems within this uh, within this unit. I have one of those completely to myself i I see maybe one or two other hunters and it borders another um, it borders another unit that's in another uh, region the way Idaho breaks them down and so a lot of people don't like to hunt those borders again going back to that and and the hunters that I usually see are the guys that are hunting that other unit. And so we're just kind of crossing trails and, and anyway, the point is, is, it is so it's like, there is, I don't want to be like overly mean. I don't want to kick 2024 off with like, you know, this really mean, <laughs> you know, mean old hey, Western Ridge. huntsman Jim over there talking shit, but man, there is just, I, I'm so sick of hearing about how fucking overcrowded everything is and I can't get away from anybody. Like, get off your four wheeler. Get in the woods. Get out there. I know it can be frustrating. Some days it's not going to happen. You're not going to get away from other people. It's just circumstantially that's how that's going to work out. But I promise you, if you put the work in, you can get away from people. And that that means how much? How much of that? Sorry, Jimbo. I thought you no, were. to go done. ahead. My man. apologies.
1: How much of that
0: do you think is just
1: a talk point for hunters? Right? We 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 fall into the hype pretty easily. Right. Oh, I, I mean, think a lot of it is it, it, right. And, and for me, a lot of it seems like it's just one of those things that we should be voicing or complaining about. Not that I really see, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it, it, it goes into talking about rounds, right. If we go, you know, down the six, five more Now there's guys that are staunch six, five advocates. And then you have guys on the other end of the spectrum and say, they should not be in the Elkwoods. Right. Um, But I almost feel like with with a lot of this stuff in our demographic, it's just what is that talking point right now? Um, Look at the wolf situation in Colorado, right? There wasn't much action from folks. And then after the wolves get released, I see post- you know, every yeah, day, everybody posted that say, about
0: that wolf coming what do you, out of that creek. Yeah. Yep.
1: What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Right. It was the same post and it was like, okay, so this is what we do as a demographic. And it's always post something, right. We're not proactive in saying, Hey, CPW or, you know, Idaho fishing game. Hey, this unit seems to be a little bit crowded. You know, can we do something to protect the residents? Idaho did that, you know, with that limit and all that.
0: They did. And but, it, it, but the residents are still bitching about the non-residents here in Idaho and it's ludicrous. Of course.
1: Of course. Right. And and that's going to be something that we just have to figure out how we deal with as a demographic, but we're not doing any favors to each other um in the big picture when we do that. Right. So I think I yeah. mean that's a long, you know, winded version of I think it's just the talking point and people want to hear themselves complain about it. Um Unfortunately, it is what it is.
0: I think the talking point, what you're talking about guy is exactly what it is. I remember when I, when I was like, I I think I was 11 or 12. It was just before I was old enough to get uh, my big game. Like I was old enough to hunt ducks and pheasants and whatnot, but I wasn't big game eligible yet. I was like a year out. So I'm, I'm out on this, uh, we're out on this family elk hunt and, and we're camped up on this mountain where, where it's, it's real. Like there's a lot of quakey. Uh, you know, sagebrushy kind of country, real high country, a lot of open area, a lot of a lot of timber. And this is in Utah. This old man, we're sitting around. It's like uh, lunchtime or something. And everybody's back at camp and and just kind of hanging out. And and like this old man is complaining about how back in the day it was a lot better hunting, a lot better. And, and I'm talking about that. We're talking about hell, super early 90s. Uh, late 80s sometime in that in that time frame and and this guy's going you know back in the day there were elk all over this these mountains and 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 which wasn't actually true because i i looked into the historical um you know (laughs) harvest statistics and whatnot uh later in life i i know you know you know elk were not all that prominent in in utah uh but anyway as he's saying that you know 20 years ago is a lot better there is like this string of nineteen or twenty elk running across the mountain behind them, like like three four hundred yards behind, him. and I, and we're all watching these elk. Everybody starts jumping up, you know, and but as he's bitching about how there's no elk, there's all these elk and there they are, him, you know, and right. and and you you think about that man, like like you go into coffee shop back then, and they'd be like, oh, the hunting, you know, the good old days are behind us. Every that every like decade of my life they have been saying the same thing 20 years ago is a lot better 20 years ago is a lot better and i am not saying that uh it's permanently or there hasn't been any changes and it's permanently going to get better or it's permanently going to get worse but i am saying that i have noticed that people are much quicker to complain about the current status than they are to make uh a, a, maybe a positive uh perspective or analysis as to the situation on the ground what say you?
1: Yeah, I 110 percent agree. Right, it was kind of sitting on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, um, you know, you're. That's one thing that's that's. And you know me, man. I'll start philosophizing on on what hunting means to me. But that's one of the beautiful things about what we do. Is is your hunt is what you make it, mm-hmm. right? I don't care what animal you're chasing, what terrain features you like. Your hunt is what you make it. So if you want to be around people or you don't want to be around people that choice is yours you just got to you just got to turn left or turn right and understand that you're you're making your hunt now if you sit there and focus on the heyday as you saw it and and how negative you want to be, guess what? You're going to have a, a negative time. That, that's not why I'm in the woods, man. That's not what it means to me. I'm not going to sit there and focus on that. If yeah. it's hard, it's hard. It's always hard. I don't care if there's 60 animals, you know, it, on the landscape in this area that, you know, is supposed to have 150. I still got to kill one out of 150 or I still got to kill one out of the 60. Y- you got to look at it in terms of what you're doing. You know, if it's about yeah, road hunting and getting out and going pop, then get your rifle tags for late season when they're in the low country and you can roll around with everybody else. And, you know, and if you complain about that, I, I don't think, I think to some point people were just wired to focus on the negative stuff and not make the
0: best out of whatever situation. I, yeah, absolutely. It's like that for anything. It's not just a hunting thing, but I, I will right. tell you, I, you know, I. As, like when you talk about like social media groups and whatnot, I'm in a lot of different types of groups. Like I'm, I'm, I just bought myself a new drum set like a month ago. I just got, it. I just got it all set up. Uh, I can turn over here and look at it. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Cause I am way into my drums, right? I I've, I've, I've loved the drums first since I was a kid, one of my first loves. And, uh, so I'm in all these drum organizations and uh, and I'm also in like other musician groups and I'm in like business owner groups and I'm in, uh, sales organizations, all these different like things that uh, like touch my life in a different way, in a different facet. And, and I could tell you there's hostility in those in environments and there's hostility in those groups, but it's nothing like hunters, man. It is that nobody rips each other apart like hunters do. Uh, like, like somebody will make fun of somebody's drum set. Oh, that, that drum set sucks, you know, and, and kind of people will laugh and be like, no, nah, you know, don't be a jerk.
2: And, and you know, that's the end of it. And it.
0: yeah, everybody yeah. moves on. Where man, yeah. you do you say somebody's rifle sucks on, on a on a hunting group, and I'm using that as a you know, a stupid example, but still an example, and you'll get ripped apart. And, and like Jeff, what I haven't ever I, I know Guy's perspective pretty well. We've had a lot of podcasts together. What is what is your perception, Jeff, as to what hunting used to be and like what hunting is now with the influence of social media?
3: Um, okay. So I'm a lifelong hunter. So I, I grew up hunting. I,
1: I mean, I've been doing it since Hold I on, was... brother. I think Jim just bounced off.
0: No, I, I, I just, oh, oh, anytime, you killed your video. okay. Whenever my internet gets shaky, I just shut my video off for a minute and let oh, the internet okay. catch up. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt.
3: So yeah, no, I'm a lifelong hunter. So, um, I will say, say that I do see more people in the woods now, but I, I have a lot more encounters with, with the animals I'm hunting now too. Um, yeah. I, growing up, I was really fortunate in the family I grew up in. They were all hunters. Um, they were all really good hunters. I stepped into a good situation where I killed a lot of animals really early and then I stopped hunting with them and I had to learn how to hunt after that. Um, so there was a little, a little period. <laughs> I'm
0: worried my daughters are going to have saw, that same experience.
3: Yeah, they will. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a little, area and then where i was like man it's really changed but that was just because i had to learn how to hunt but for me i have encounters everywhere i go in the areas that people are saying that they're overcrowded and these units suck there's no elk here the elk are not vocal here this that and the third i am i am seeing different results than i'm hearing so i mean i don't
0: know so and jeff are are you are, are you originally from colorado or I'm from Southern Colorado too. Southern Colorado?
3: So I'm only, yeah, I'm only two hours away from where I grew up. Oh wow. And I still hunt a lot of the units that I, I grew up hunting. And to me, I'm seeing bigger
0: bulls now than I ever have. So and and, I'm getting and a lot more encounter. I I would, uh, like, it's so funny you say that, man. Like when I, when I was a kid hunting with all the dudes that I hunted with, like none of them knew how to elk hunt. So I, I actually gave, I, I kind of didn't really elk hunt most of my twenties and partly into my thirties, because as a kid, I'd go out with these dudes that they tried to hunt elk, like you hunt a mule deer, you know? And, and like, I just thought they were full of shit. Like I thought, I thought elk were like this fake animal. <laughs> like, you know, what's that bird? Everybody goes out and has to learn how to hunt when they're kids, the snipe, You ever go snipe hunting, you know, that that doesn't (laughs) actually exist. I, I, I thought elk hunting was like this snipe hunting kind of thing for a minute there. I mean, not really, but it it was, it was similar where there was just like this. I, I didn't really ever see elk except for when we were not hunting. Like that, that story I was telling you with those elk running across the mountain behind that guy complaining about never seeing elk. Like they, there, there were elk everywhere. If I was fishing. Or, or going camping or something, but during hunting season, we never saw him, you know? And so it was like this phantom, but it's, it's so interesting how you describe that because like now, like take this last season, for example, uh, I, I didn't even fling an arrow this last September. I was, I was being a little picky this year. I was kind of pulling a guy du plancher where I, I wanted this big bowl and the problem I was is proud of you, bro. Uh, I just, I, I just not that good. I can't, I, that's the last time I'm doing that guy. So you only be proud of 2023 <laughs> because listen, man, I am, I am no, uh, like, what am I? Chris Rowe. I am, I I'll shoot whatever walks out in front of me. And so, um, anyway, I was being picky, so I didn't fling an arrow. Uh, You know, but I get back and I'm analyzing and and all these people are talking about how um, it was the worst September ever. The bulls were not talking. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't see any sign. Um, The wolves ate all the elk. Uh, The non-residents stole the elk, put them in horse trailers and took them back to Washington uh, and California. And, you know, all these things, all these things, the excuses that people make. And, And, man, I'm sitting there reading all this shit and I'm like, man that was by far hands down and without a doubt, the most active elk season I have ever had in my life. I called in more bulls, and you can ask my daughters because they were, they were, in fact, they filmed most of it. So it's not like uh, you, I can prove it every day. I've got the receipts, man. Every day for, (laughs) for, um, for like two weeks straight when I, when I was taking my, my girls out and then they had to get back to other stuff. But, um, we called in a bull every, every time we went out, like literally every time they yep. were like my good luck charms, man. And they saw me pass on the little bulls. They saw me, they couldn't figure out why I didn't shoot the spike. I should have shot that spike, man. He was a big old spike for a spike. He was a big spike, but I called in I've red, never, red. ever heard
1: anyone say that in my life, dude.
0: He was a big spike. Like it was, That's it was a big old spike. It was odd. I knew I, I, I could see him coming in the timber. And all I saw were, was the spike antlers, right? And it's kind of dark timber. And all of a sudden he steps out and you can always tell like a spike elk looks like a big mature mule deer si- body size, really Right. in a lot of ways. This, it was not the case, man, this sucker. I don't know what was up with that, but he was, he was a spike, not like, not like a big ass antler spike, just a big bodied spike. And he was a like, just a huge spike. Anyway, I should have, I should have smoked. My girls were mad at me for not shooting him. Um, but anyway,
3: yeah, that's that, the forbidden that's fruit the, here. So I, I, yeah, I love yeah. spikes. I would love to kill a big old spike.
0: Oh, I should have, man! And and, and you know what yeah. was cool is he was like only <laughs> a half a mile from the truck, and uh, yeah. it would have it would have been perfect. But anyway, I, I didn't do it, and so this season goes through. Um, I I end up not tagging out in September, and I I come back and I'm reading all these people, and they're like, man, it was a worst September ever. They weren't talking. I don't know, guys. Is it just me or do people come up with every excuse in the world as to why they didn't tag out? And it's always the non-resident, the wolf, the overpopulated units, the too many tags, the fish and game, uh, the president. Like, it's usually Biden's fault. Uh, Some people, it's Trump's fault, and they're definitely wrong. Uh, And and everybody (laughs) else, you know, uh, there's just all these excuses, man. What's up with that?
3: You know what's funny is uh, I was just telling somebody this the other day um in Colorado according to the public the rut doesn't start until October because the elk don't speak in in September but my <laughs> perspective that of that is yeah i hear them i hear them from September 2nd to the 30th every single season no matter what unit I'm in no matter where I'm hunting i hear them they're talking these people are not where the elk are and they're saying oh the elk aren't talking
0: right yeah
1: do
3: you think there, it might be Aubrey that you're those. in the yeah. area
0: that the elk are? Exactly. You, yeah, I, that's the key it. right
1: there, right? Yeah. If you're not hearing them, you're not where they're at. I mean, period, point blank. You're not I where mean, they're at.
0: If anybody, anybody that knows where I live, I live, I live right at the base of the mountains in north uh, where I'm at. I have elk on my property, so l- I'll just put it that way. I hear elk screaming their heads off from about August 25 until about October 15. And it yep. doesn't change much. They're screaming their heads off. Sometimes they're more vocal at night, and sometimes they're more vocal in the day. But I'll be sitting there on my back deck reading comments about how the elk are silent when I get home from elk hunting, listening to elk screaming their heads off, two hundred feet behind my house. It's I, you just know what? I silly. think some
1: some of that is expectation to hear this this rut fest too, right? If the elk are yeah. quiet, that's what I'm doing. I'm allowed. I'm going to find them one way or another. I'm finding those those bulls, right? And we had that, you know, a little stint where it was super quiet. And, uh, man, we sat up on a ridge and glassed, and boom, there's bulls. Boom, there's there's a small herd there. Oh, my God, look yeah. at that freaking monster, right? And it's like, look, they're not going to always talk. And this rut fest anomaly thing where you think that that is the entire month of September and, you know, a a, a cow is, is you know, blowing scent every hour of September I mean it's mm-hmm. it's like what what have you been paying attention to there's not you talk to anyone right Paul Medell, Dirk Durham Jason Phelps Mark Carlton Joe Gillia these are these are the experts in in the Elkwoods right what do they say that they're in a rut fest every day of September no they're to every one of them is saying huh. hey sometimes you got to work your ass off to go be successful in the elk woods and this shit ain't easy so if you're looking for easy you might as well go shoot the the steel target with the bb gun at your local range it's not easy and i think there's this misconception of what it actually is on top of that the desire to show that success Mm -hmm. right is is the pressure of showing that success I don't want to delve down the social media realm. Right. But that's a whole other want,
0: podcast, man.
1: Yeah. We want, we want to say I did it because it's so hard, right? Someone to go out and not understand that I did it for some people come once every five years. You know what I mean? In, in that realm, you're doing one of the hardest things you could do mm-hmm. on the mountain in the month of September you know and add the ebb and flow of herb size how the land has been managed do we have any grazing animals out there you know that that ranchers are in the high country with how's that affecting it what are the recreators doing right up to season during season you know what i mean so there's oh hell late, you, you, have you have this a labor year? day weekend
0: yeah you have this labor yeah. day weekend everybody's in the woods with their <laughs> atvs and motorcycles right. and uh you know everything else you know and and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that sometimes that doesn't piss me off. Yeah. It's annoying. Like go home. You guys, if you're not hunting, go home. <laughs> Even though I have no right to <laughs> say that. Right. But that's what right. I'm thinking. Right. And I'm, I'm honest about right. it. Like go home. You're not, if you're not hunting, go home. It's, it, but that's not fair. It's, it's Labor Day weekend. It's their last, you know, what last two these, these recreational campers That's their last two raw. That's the last time they usually pull their, their rigs out and, and get out there and do that. And so, um, Now it's, uh, there's so much, there's so much, and and this is all the stuff like this year. I want to, I want to talk about a lot of this stuff, uh, as, as we come into this new year and try to solve some of these etiquette issues, because like you said in the beginning guy, um, we, we really didn't touch on etiquette, um, etiquette for, for anybody that is confused. Etiquette is the manners you have, uh, towards other hunters in the field. That that's, that's the simplest form I can put it to you. Uh, if, if you see a truck at a very limited trailhead for, to use this trailhead example that, that I'm confused about um, <laughs> the the proper etiquette would be not to park at that trailhead and go in there. Now, if it's a trailhead that probably opens up to, you know, thousands of acres and and t- multiple drainages, wh- whatever, uh, uh, that's a tough one. Again, I don't hunt trailheads, so uh, I, I don't really know how to speak to that.
1: Yeah, I don't um, get that one.
0: I, I, don't, I, man, where I'm pulled off hunting, it does, it looks like I just like maybe my axle broke on my truck and I, I just had to pull off to get off the road. You know, it should not be parked there kind of thing. That's what people should be looking for. And, um, but to talk about that etiquette thing the manners that people have towards other hunters and, and, you know, the frustrations that come out of the lack of etiquette, it goes back It's this is not a new thing, man. I was, I was getting Annoyed, and people were getting annoyed with me long before like social media existed, uh you, you know. And and it all boils down to this etiquette topic. So I'd love to have you guys on in the future to talk about that.
1: Let's do it. Yeah, I think yeah. you should have Jeff on and do an episode with Jeff, just Jeff. And if you start yeah. talking about the family history, in in that realm, I mean, whew, hell of Heck a yeah, guess. man. I'd do it. So yeah, you need but to just, get Jeffrey on.
3: Just basic etiquette, though. Like if you're in the woods and you're at a trailhead that you can't get away from have conversations with the people that, that are there with you. Yeah. As you guys are hiking in, you're going to see everybody packing up. Like I've, I've been at that particular trailhead and you see everybody racing each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, Instead of having oh, a yeah. conversation. Get all their stuff on. Just... Oh, I have I to go up
3: to them and I say, I'm, hunt- I plan on hunting here. Where do you plan on hunting? Okay. You're going there. I will leave that area and I'll go over here. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're there, there and there. I'm going to go over here. Like it's just, yeah. it's, Common common sense. It's, it, it's easy it's and it's so easy courtesy. to do. Yep.
1: Well, it's yep. so easy to do it too, right? Yep. Regardless of the the landscape I'm on now. Okay, so I roll up to a trailhead and I, you know, and, and the guys are there. Hey, where are you going? I'll if if I'm desperate for that area because I have some intel or I was on an animal the day before. Hey, man, would you guys mind if I went in there? I've been in this area for two or three days and, you know, really working it hard. I think folks are, are going to acquiesce and say, Hey man. Yeah. You know, thanks for, thanks for talking to us instead of just jumping it. But, and those guys may follow you in, you know what I mean? And I, I've been known to play off of guys. If I see a guy over here, I'm watching what they're doing. I'm not going to go step on their feet, but if I see them making bad decisions, I'm going to go play those animals based on their bad decisions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it stepping yeah. on their feet or,
1: you know, it's, it's, so, you know, I, I think when we look at each other in the faces, hunters, we need to care about the next man's success as much as we care about our own success in the woods. And, and I think if we did that every time we went in the woods, our demographic would be a thousand times stronger and we'd all be better for it. Yeah. Now people may say I'm freaking crazy. I've done it time and time again.
3: Hey, yeah, Jim, not to get on a soapbox, but no, the social
1: media,
3: man. social media aspect, like we're having all these guys tell everybody, you have to go to the back country. You have to be five miles back. You have to do this and that you have to do this. If you do this, you do this, you do this, you'll kill an elk. Right. So that was also part of why we started the Western hunt fest because most guys can't do that, especially new hunters. Yeah. You're not going to go seven miles back and, and kill an elk and effectively pull it out without the meat spoiling, especially where mm-hmm. we hunt, it's lower elevation. So like part of what drove us to uh, the starting the Western Hunt Fest was to really focus in on like having guys try it out for themselves to like, like, hey, come try the pack out challenge. Let's see if you're really fit to pull out an elk by yourself. If not, you have a buddy, hunt with a buddy. If you can't hike back five miles and pull a bull out five miles, maybe you should be a road hunter
0: like me. I hunt off the roads like you. Well, yeah, I I, I, Dude, if I, I I'm would out. be screwed. If I hunt, if I killed a bull yeah. solo five miles back, I'd be calling buddies, man. And I'd just be, yep. you know, oh, it ain't happening. That's what kept me from killing my bull this year. I was
1: back there and I'm like, man, what am I doing?
0: <laughs> I wanted to get an animal. I've solving, done that.
1: Right. And I'm, I sitting, on, I, I'm sitting on this down log and i'm going i can't do this this is yeah. ridiculous what did i why the hell so i pull out the phone you know make sure that the garmin's hooked up i'm texting folks to see if i can get help and i couldn't shoot the bull because i couldn't muster up any help <laughs> yeah
0: no i <laughs> I, I remember i i had this bull come out at one point this was years ago and and i'm drawn back but i was in the sunlight you know and he and he comes out and he spots me right off the bat and turns around and boogies. And then I, like when he left, I, I, there was relief in my heart. I was like, man, I am glad he did not just eat an arrow because I, where I'm at, it would have been a disaster. Right. So
3: I've made the mistake twice. I've made it twice where I killed bulls way too far in, but luckily I had people that were ready to go, you know?
2: Yeah. But I've made that
3: mistake twice. And that was, that's always in the back of my mind when I watch these shows and, and I will hear people say you have to be this far back in order to get away from people. You have to be here. You have to be there. And that's not the case. Mm-mm. In fact, if you avoid the trailhead and you go off the side of the road, like you and I do, or like guy does, you're going to find the elk closer to the closer to the roads. You're going to, if you look up that steep mountain and you say, I, I do not want to go up that the elk will go probably up be there.
0: That's where they're at. <laughs> go up that, that is yeah, where they're buddy. at, man. The, one of the best call-ins I had in 2023 was I had parked my truck with my daughters and we'd walked a hundred yards down the dirt road to get to this trail that was on the left. And I got distracted because there was this black bear coming up on the right. And I'm like, man, I'm going to put an arrow in that bear. If he, if he comes, you know, a little to the left, but well, he obviously banked right. And I, I didn't stick an arrow. He's too far away. So anyway, right then and there hundred yards, less than a, probably less than a hundred yards from my truck. And I'm still on the dirt road. Just saw a black bear. Now, granted, this is not a busy dirt road. This is one of those roads that I found that took me years to find. That is very remote. I access it from a different state, but I'm hunting in the state that I'm supposed to be. Right. And, uh, this is what we're talking about hunting borders, um, and I, I let, I, I, ripped out a bugle right there on the road, and me and my girls got about knocked over by this bugle response. This bull was just off the road, down in some brush. Uh, unfortunately, um, it was, it was still early enough; those thermals were going down, and we got busted. Uh, but the, the point is, is I, I people just we somehow these conversations, more conversations like this, need to be had had to, to maybe shine more of a reality as to what hunting is. And I don't, I don't care if it's bear hunting or elk hunting or deer hunting or, or whatever, you you know, the, these species, there, there is a reality that is missing in terms of the perception that people have, uh, what it takes, what it doesn't take, what, what is realistic, what's not realistic, what is fucking rude behavior towards your fellow hunter and what's not, what is respectable? What is ethical? What is yep. etiquette? I don't know. These conversations, I I, I just, I, I feel strongly that uh, we are, you know, Abraham Lincoln said, as a nation of free men, we must live through all time or die by suicide. What he meant was the country cannot be overtaken by somebody else, but we could surely gut ourselves. Right. And he was right Absolutely. because that's what led to the civil war. Man, that's what hunters are doing. That's the situation we're in. And, and so it just needs to be recognized. And so, um, yeah, anyway, I've kept you guys like way longer than I probably said I would. I don't, I don't even know if I told you No, I never tell guy a time. Let me, he'll go all night long, man.
1: I'll go all night. I don't oh, care. Yeah. we just yeah. jump off. I'm jumping on another one. So we're good.
0: All right. Well,
3: <laughs> hey, let's... the reason Efren jumped off because, uh, his hunting etiquette, if you take him with you, you better take his phone from him. Cause he'll be dropping your on pins.
0: <laughs> the like, this, so like <laughs> <laughs> well, <look. laughs> no i know i i got a guy I hunt with like that and, and if he's listening to this he'll know exactly who he is every time i take him he's on his onyx marking that spot and i'm like you dirty son of a bitch
2: <laughs> but uh.
0: yep nope that's great man um efren gonzalez we miss you man uh just uh, for everybody listening that's that's who we had on the show uh, oh, anything you guys want to add real quick about the Western Hunt Fest before we wrap this up?
1: Yeah, just, you know, come out to the event. You know, if you want to come and spectate and, and just get your feet wet and see what we're about, you're welcome to come out. It's free of charge. Um, if you want to come and just shoot, come out and shoot, bring the family. If you want to, you know, compete, um, come compete, right? That's what we're about. We're about pushing limits and testing your abilities and your equipment. Um And if you want to just, you know, come shoot, you know, I wanted to clarify earlier, Jimbo, is, you know, you can come out and not do the pack out challenge and you can still qualify for the championship. If you shoot, you know, two or three events and your lights out and you're shooting and that's what you got. That's what you got. Right. Is it going to hold up at the championship? Probably not. Um, But, yeah, don't be shied away from the competition aspect of it. Again, like Jeff said, it's a family event um we want everybody to come get some education some camaraderie have a good time enjoy the event and uh you know talk to our sponsors our vendors attend seminars and you know get that little bit of education um you know from from some of our speakers so we appreciate you having us on and i'll let jeff drop the wwws and igs and all that
3: yeah yeah go for it i jeff. wanted to add one more th- yeah i wanted to add one more thing too like um, everybody has that friend that wants to get into hunting, that wants to learn, that wants to uh, surround themselves in it. This is a great place for you to bring that friend. Um, like Guy said, it's free to free of charge for spectators. So if you have that family member or friend that uh, wants to get into hunting, bring them by. They can uh, hang out with us. We can. They can listen to the seminars. They can hang out with people who are actually doing it. And they could get, like, lifelong information with the friends that they meet and the the people that they're interacting with there. Um, And then, yeah, if you want to register for the Western Hunt Fest, it's www.westernhuntfest.com. We have a big presence on IG. Um, We do a little bit on Facebook, but but if you're uh, wanting to sign up or if you're just interested, just go to our website. Um, It's either me or Guy, if you message us on Instagram. So we'll respond to you quickly. Uh, We'll get with you. We are still looking for volunteers at each event. Um, We'll get you a shooter pass in exchange for your time and your effort. And yeah.
0: The
1: Instagram. Is Western Hunt Fest. It is
0: Western Hunt. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then the one thing we didn't. To talk on and i don't extend this any longer because we were saying goodbyes um is the prize package for the championship at bailey right off oh the yeah we, that's a, that's kind of an, yeah. a,
0: an important aspect of this <laughs>
1: yeah off the richters and i mean our trophies guy yeah our trophies are second to none um jeff puts a immense amount of time into designing these trophies and making sure it's something that you can put on the mantelpiece and be proud of um but, yeah, the prize package for the championship is is unreal. We'll have raffles. We'll have giveaways. We're actually going to do uh, a pretty substantial giveaway coming up here in February, and then we're going to start this. We're calling it the Ruck Out Challenge. Um, that'll kick off probably in the next week, and it's going to be kind of in preparation that, for Western Hunt Fest and getting people off the couch, getting that pack on, going out and rucking. Um, so we're going to have a, a prize package put together for that as well
0: i love it i love check out jeff jeff's got the. if you guys are watching on youtube or something uh here's here's the trophy or is that the trophy jeff or what is that
3: it's one of the trophies yeah
0: oh there we go now now that you're talking it's coming up clear hold it right in front of you because you got your you you have your background blurred oh there you go go. there you go there you go sweet yeah that's that's way cool man Uh, I I love this kind of stuff. Uh, Eventually, I'm hoping we can work something out where we get this sucker up here in North Idaho or Western Montana. um, We'll be there you know, that, that way you guys can actually get some real competitors of men that grow up in the real mountains, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> Says the Yutanian.
0: <laughs> Shut, up. Shut up, guy.
2: <laughs> now, we no, we
1: appreciate, we appreciate you giving awesome. us the time, man, and, and letting us on the platform. Um, you know, I appreciate the heck out of you. So thank you for, uh, having us on thank you for what you do for our demographic man and and having some of these you know long form hard conversations
0: yeah man no i appreciate you guys coming on uh guy it's always a pleasure jeff uh great to meet you for the first time efren uh if you're listening to this now i know you had to jump off man but great to meet you as well you guys are more than welcome on the show anytime um really appreciate it i really like this western hunt fest concept uh and in the show notes guys for you all the those of you listening we're going to have the instagram handle uh we're going to have the uh the the website for the Western Hunt Fest and we're also going to have the outdoor or I'm sorry packmeout.com uh which is an apparel company right here that Jeff and uh uh Eferler are are involved in and you guys can jump on there they've got some really cool apparel. <laughs> Did I say something wrong? You said Efler. Yeah. That
2: and pack
1: me out. Yeah, but effler that's his new name. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: love it.
0: Efron. I would change it in
1: my phone right now.
0: (laughs) Ephron. I I said his name wrong, dude. Come on. Don't don't tell him. (laughs) I'm gonna
1: and I'm gonna call
3: it Pack Me Out. My uncle (laughs) my uncles say that we're uh pack them in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think that <laughs> i'll leave it at that
3: <laughs>
0: i told you guys i was I, i'm freaking rusty i have i don't think i've recorded since december 15th <laughs>
1: hey you got you got one up on me brother because after september man i was like you know what uh, <laughs> i know
0: you've you been slacking brother
1: i know i got a couple on the deck and then i got a couple more coming up so we're good
0: <laughs> thanks guys for coming on i really enjoyed that thank you Let's brother just appreciate touch you. And we'll we'll talk soon
1: yes sir thank you much